brought a, a really good word uh, about love and uh, meditated, I took some notes, and uh, meditated on that um, uh, off and on during the week. And um, the idea of when we have a word, that when we're given a word, that we, uh, we hear a message, that we think about that. In the Old Testament, they always think along, 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 along those types of three words, selah, I mean stop and think about it. So uh, we took the selah approach and, um, and thought about um, when Brooke was teaching last week, I, I suddenly remembered something that we have done, uh, Jan and I have done over the years for uh, forever, I guess, as we take a moment during church and we'd actually pray for another church. And, um, and I heard that. See, I think I got a witness. <laughs> anyway, we, uh, she's screaming at me now. The, um, I felt like at that moment that we were supposed to, knowing that I was going to speak today, I feel like today we're supposed to take a moment and pray. Every church has needs. Every church has uh, empty spaces. Every church has, most every church has an empty space or something that need, there needs prayer for. And so uh, I, hearing Brooke's message about love, I suddenly remembered the text. By this shall men know that you are my disciples is when you love one another. And James 5 says, and then pray for one another that you may be healed. Pray one for another. Now, it doesn't mean just pray for the person sitting in across the aisle from you or from the pray for somebody that's your lost loved ones or just pray in some kind of prayer, special prayer request or something like that. It's not just about that. It's about praying one church, praying for other churches. Jan and I went to Denver, Colorado, a few years ago. And, um, and when we went there, uh, Aurora, Colorado, is the vineyard there, and so we were there at the pastors' conference, and we we were there, and uh, that church, that city at that time, this is a few years, uh, was very segregated, and and they had an area where the African American people lived there, and then you have the other people lived over here. It's kind of like, and the churches didn't really mix. They, there was. They had their church, and everybody else had their church, and so it was like that way. And so uh, the pastor that was there at the time said uh, he found out that the church where the black people went was a big church, but they were about to lose their church, about to lose their mortgage, and the, they couldn't pay, pay the mortgage. They were about to lose the re, the church was going to be repossessed or foreclosed on. And so the, the vineyard pastor felt like I think we need to raise some money. And so that first service, they took all the, every penny that came in, it's a good-sized church, every penny that came in that Sunday and the morning, the early service, they put it in a, in a thing. And then the second service, they, put, they took all the money from that service and put it in a, in a, in a gift back, basket. And at the end, of, they cut the second service off kind of short so that they could get there at the, to, the black, to, the check, to the black church before they up got out at 2 o'clock because <laughs> they, they just kind of start late and end late. And so they, we, they all marched in and took the money and paid off the church, the black church, so that they wouldn't lose. 
their church and lose their place to worship. By this shall men know that you're my disciples when you love one another. That's been a real good example of helping to meet a need of another church. And so we don't have the capability of doing that today. We can't just find a church somewhere and raise up the money and go pay off their debt. But we can actually use the James 5.16 approach and pray for one, one for another. And so uh, when Brooke was teaching last week, I suddenly remembered a friend of mine that he and I were friends as, as teenagers, uh, pastors an old church across, church across town. It's not a little church now. It's a larger church now. And they re relocated. And the church's name is Safe Harbor. And so I feel like that we're supposed to pray for them. And so I, I was on my project this week, and, and I had a minute, so I called the church office. And the, the pastor, which is my friend from teenage years, uh, answered the phone. And so I told him who I was. He said, oh, Ron, I know who you are. <laughs> we, we go back a long way. I said, well, I didn't know if you remember me or not. Anyway, we, we talked about it, and I told him what I was thinking. And he said, what I felt in my heart and my spirit, this has got something we got to do. And so I, we, uh, he, he said, okay. So we talked, and after we talked, I, I just blessed him. He's no longer the pastor. He was the founding pastor, but he's no longer the pastor. His son's now the pastor. Well, later in the week, I just felt like I need to call that son and talk to him. So I called him. And uh, guess who answered the phone? Same guy. I mean, the, the young guy. He answered, like when I called the dad, he answered the phone. When I I'm I'm so, I'm so used to not people not answering the phone, it goes in the voicemail or call me, text me later or whatever. So anyway, I uh, I um, talked to him and prayed over him. And I told him today that we were going to be praying for him and praying for their church. They moved into a new facility. God miraculously gave them some property and some and a building and they. They've got a couple of million dollar building for $500,000. It looks like God was in, had to be in the arrangement. And, um, but I, it doesn't matter about not that. What matters is, is we have to be, I feel like we need to be obedient to the, to the word and do what we were asked to do, what the Lord instructed us. And when you get to speak, maybe the Lord will tell you something, but I feel like today we need to pray for safe harbor church. And so I've told him that this morning that that's what we'll be doing. And, uh, and I, being a person who has almost no sense of direction, I could nearly get lost in my yard. Uh, I don't know which way Safe Harbor Church is. Over near the old Kmart on 77, whichever direction that would be, somebody might know where, about that way. Somewhere over that way. What I'd like for us to do is this. Now, I know this looks religious. I hate it. But I think we need to do that, religious or not. I want you to actually, you don't have to stand up if you want to sit down, but if you'll just stretch your hand that way, and I'm going to pray. And what I want you to do is this. I ask you when I'm praying that you say, yes, Lord, and at the end, and you say, amen. What the word amen means, so be it done unto them as you will, O Lord. That's what that word means. If you, if you translate it over in so be it done, as you will, O Lord, amen. That's what it means. So what we're going to do, we're going to pray for Safe Harbor and Pastor Knight, who's over there now. And uh, he gave me some things to pray about, and I, I feel like we need to pray for them. Okay? So here we go. Father, I just bless 
Safe Harbor Church today. I ask you, Lord, that you would pour, as today is the day of Pentecost, that we celebrate, that today, that you let your, as a Pentecostal church, that you would let your spirit and your power fill that place and fill the hearts and, and minds of those people and the lives of those people that attend that church. We bless them today. We bless Pastor Knight and his dad for all the years he's worked there. We bless them now in Jesus' name. And we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit fill that place afresh and anew. I say, I hear the word revival. I said, Lord, send revival to Safe Harbor Church and pour your spirit out as never before over Safe Harbor in Jesus' name. And let, her, let them know that today is the day that the revival began in their hearts and in, the, in, their, in, their, in their music and their worship and in their, in their uh, ministry and the ministries that go out from there. We bless that now in Jesus' name and we praise you for them. And Lord, I just ask that we would have a little piece of that also for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody okay? All righty. You know, that sounds weird, and it looks, I know it does, it looks weird. I, I hate that, but it's true. And I feel like that we need to have a pray for other people when it's time to pray. And, um, and so thank you, Brooke. It's your fault. <laughs> you started it. See what you did? And um, I'm going to be reading today on Pentecost Sunday. Um, so you'll know how that I come across words. Uh, my dad, that dad has uh, retired, and and, um, and I found some of his old outlines and stuff. And he would have a, an outline where he preached it, and on the, up in the corner it would have with like a little star on it. It was a good word, you know, like, like maybe a red star or, or gold. Anyway, he'd have some sort of star program on it. it was a little out. That's the way he kept up with it. And he would go to the meetings from time to time. He'd have like 10-day meetings, six, seven-day meetings. And he has 21, like I call them 21 red hots, that he would bring them out, nuke them in the microwave and present it to the, in the spiritual microwave and present it to the church. And it always worked. And so, um, that's God speaking. Anyway, the, uh, uh, I don't get to do that. Uh, I have to do something different. I have to ask the Lord. I have to ask the Lord because we have to assume that he knows he's going to be in the meeting today. So today's message is today's message. Next time, if I get to speak again, after today, if the pastor asked me to speak again, then I'll, it'll be something that's for that day. It'll be for that hour and for that time in the church. And so I'm going to, uh, today the, the message I'm bringing to you is oddly enough, it's Pentecost Sunday. And um, I remembered, I'm going to tell you one quick memory uh, of something happened in the, uh, in the Somerville Church of God. I was a teenager. And we were in the meeting. It's, a, it's an old, old, old church building. They've torn it down since then, like something crazy. And so uh, I was sitting in a meeting and as a teenager, and uh, of course I had my girlfriend and, and a different one sitting there and uh, in the youth group. And so I looked over, and there was a man named George that I didn't even know the man was saved. I, I wasn't even sure 
uh, he had no, uh, had no, uh, he had no outward manifestation <laughs> of being, being a Christian. <laughs> and we didn't know he was saved. But in the middle of the meeting, George began to sort of vibrate in, uh, and under the presence of the Lord because the Holy Spirit was on him. And so um, he began to speak in tongues, and he couldn't stop. And so when church was over, they had to help him. He was drunken. They had to help George get in his car. When he got home all afternoon, they said, George was still still in the Holy Ghost. He's still all over him. He still he can't get away. He can't get back to reality. And the next day he couldn't go to work because he was still doing the same thing. I pray, oh God, give us some of those. Some of those experiences. We need more, Lord. It's not just a simple phrase that we use from time to time but we ask God for more I'm asking for more for safe harbor I'm asking more for this for this fellowship right here and I'm going to uh, speak today I'm speaking prophetically in some way the scripture says that where there is no vision the people perish the word vision doesn't necessarily mean eyesight but it all it means no spiritual, there's, where there's no prophetic utterance, where there's no prophetic words being spoken, where there is no prophetic direction, the people perish. And I pray, oh God, give us a fresh vision for what you called us to do. Lord, that you would give us a fresh picture of what it is that you want us to do. Oh God, please give us a fresh vision. That's what I'm asking. A refreshing of our purpose and a refreshing of our vision. Amen. Okay, let me read the text. I've, I've uh, jumped the gun here. It's okay. Um, I'm reading from the book of First Kings. Now, that's not Pentecost Sunday. I understand that, but I'm reading from Kings anyway. And that's in the Old Testament. For those who don't know, I'm on page 485. I'm going to be reading, I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit into 16, to chapter 16. We, don't, we may not have the words on the wall for that, but I'm going to tell you a little bit of history, and then I'll go right into what's going on at that particular time. There's, uh, there's a lot of change going on in leadership of Judah and Israel at that particular time. And there is uh, a new king that is about to take, or he takes over, and his name is Ahab, the king of Israel. And Ahab, the scripture says that he did more evil in the sight of the Lord than all of his ancestors did when they were kings. Not a good, that's not a good uh, thing to pass on. That's not a good history lesson. He did more evil than all of the others before him. And so um, I'm going to read in verse uh, 29. Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel 22 years. And Ahab, 
the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. That's what I just, what I just told you. And verse 33 says, And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. That's not a good legend. Verse, uh, chapter 27. And Elijah the Tishbite. By the way, the word Tishbite means strange. <laughs> Anytime you see prophetic people, oftentimes they just look weird. He, they eat locusts and wild honey and they wear camel hide and they speak uh, they speak odd sentences. Elijah the Tishbite, the stranger who was in us of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, therefore I stand. Therefore there shall not be dew nor rain these years according to my word. There's a drought that takes place during that time. Chapter, 20, John chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And this is about halfway in the third year of this drought. Now, so when you have no water in a desert land, you have no water, no rain, no dew, cattle die, crops die, and times get really very difficult. Just so you'll know that. They, didn't cook, they couldn't go down to McDonald's and get them a burger because there wasn't any water to, to make the coke with. And Elijah in the third year saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And as he, he, he gets, and there's a lot of stuff happens that's going on in Elijah's life. Uh, he has a, a, an encounter with the, the prophets of Baal. He has a, a 450 of them. And, uh, and 400 of the, uh, uh, Jezebel's people, prophetic people, and all of them uh, got slaughtered. And, uh, and then he goes down to the verse 30, uh, 41, and this is where our kind of a punchline in this part of the Old Testament. Verse 41 says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Get up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Now, the, it hasn't rained in three and a half years. There's no rain, no water, not even dew on the ground for three and a half years. It's easy to prophesy rain if, it's, if the weather channel says it's going to rain. Anybody could prophesy rain if the weather channel says you got 90% chance of rain. Anybody could prophesy that. But when it hasn't rained in three years and a half, uh, it's really difficult to stand up. You've got to really have some faith in God to stand up and prophesy. It's going to rain. And after he does that, let's go on, move on down here. And Ahab went up to eat and drink. Elijah went up to the top of the Mount Carmel. He cast himself upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Now, what did he do? He began to cry out to God. 
he told his servant to go look. And seven times he went and looked. And the seventh time he said, I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. But Elijah began to pray and prayed about the rain. When you have a word that's been given to you, there are several ways that words come. I'm bringing you a word today. Some of the word is the logos word. It's out of the word of the Lord. It's the written word. And then some of the words, sometimes you'll get one. It's like if someone gives you a prophetic word, you're going to be doing this or that in the days ahead. Sometimes you'll have a dream or a vision, and the Lord will give you or wake you up and tell you something in, from your sleep. Or he'll show you in your sleep something's going to happen. And there's a lot of ways we get the word. It comes to us. Sometimes it comes in a still, small voice. It's still the Lord. And he gives us words. Now, what do we do with those words? We had this guy come to the vineyard in Birmingham. And every month he would come. I'm not going to call his name because some of you know him. Might be friends with him on Facebook. And all of a sudden I get problems. And this prophetic guy come to church, and we'd have a good crowd every Sunday. It was in the theater uh, in Birmingham. And when he would come, I've actually volunteered to work in the children's department or work behind the sound booth, hiding behind the sound booth, so I would, he wouldn't pick me. And he would say, and one time we were on vacation, and he said, where's Ron and Jan? i got to work for them. And he would give up, give up this word. And it was like, and I, I, I saved him. I still actually have those on, on the high-tech cassette tapes where he prophesied over to us over the years. Some of those words actually came to pass. Some of them have not yet. And I would actually hide because maybe he'll get somebody else, pick somebody else. And I felt a lot of, a lot of pressure from, to, to do something when, when uh, this guy almost called me. When, when this guy would give this prophetic word, I would I'd feel pressured to, uh, to do something. What Elijah did here is very similar to what happened on the day of Pentecost. The scripture says that he put his, he went on the ground and he put his face in between his knees. He began to cry out to the Lord. He got a word, but he began to pray that word back to the Lord. We don't have to remind God of what he has said to us that we're going to do. We don't have to remind him of that. We don't have to go back to, I promise you, God does not have Alzheimer's. He don't have dementia. He don't have amnesia. He's not bumped his head. He knows he's old, but he didn't forget. The only thing he forgets is our sins. That's the one where he says he removes our sin as far as the east from the West, never to be remembered against us again. Therefore, God forgets about our sin when we repent of our sin. That's good news for all of us. So, Elijah got on his knees and he began to cry out to God. Servant would go look, come back, nothing. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Servant, go back. Come back. Seven times in the second, the seventh time he said, it's not very much. But I do see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Elijah had said this out loud. He told, he sent word to Ahab. I'm telling you, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Now, I'm going to tell you guys 
what I hear from the Lord. I hear, I'm talking to someone, and I hear. I had a vision. I had a picture. I got a word what God wants to do in downtown Gadsden at this, at this address. I'm going to tell you about the amen. When you, have, when you say amen, it says, did y'all forget about this already? When you say amen, it means, make it so, Lord, even as you will, be it done unto us. God wants to do something that we have not yet experienced because the prophetic words keep coming what God wants to do in this location. And so what we have to do, it's really easy to prophesy when it's raining. It's going to rain. If it's really easy to prophesy, there's going to be a drought when it's not no rain in the forecast. But when, it's, when you prophesy, it's standing out here and it's dry as a bone. The cattle are, are, are you can see the rib cage on the cattle because they can't know there's nothing to eat, nothing to drink. And the, and the crops are all wilted and died and burned up. You can, you can, uh, it's harder to prophesy. But that's the time to prophesy when you're in the drought. You prophesy rain when there's no rain. You prophesy drought when there's rain. We prophesy rain. I say this, in the last days, and I'm getting close to the end of the message. I can't believe I'm this quick, this quick with it. Uh, some stuff I'm leaving out, and I'm doing it almost on purpose. But I want you to understand. We are living, according to what I understand, the prophetic people that I follow, the people that I'm hearing and listening to, they're saying that we are living in the last days. Oh, Lord, we've got some bad things coming. It's in the bad. It's, when I read on the, on the, I don't read the newspaper because I don't believe half of that. But and when I read all of the stuff I see on Facebook or Facebook Live, I don't believe all that. I don't believe all of it. I, but I, I, I do understand that we are living in a, in a time and a period that the Holy Scriptures have talked about for over thousands of years. That he said, in the last days, in the last days, you're going to see these perilous times will come. In the last days, there's going to be earthquakes in diverse places. In the last days, there's going to be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And men chasing men and women chasing women. You're going to have this in the last days. And he says, so I tell you, when I read this, I get so excited. Because in the last days, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. On all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Upon my servants and upon my handmaidens in those days I will pour out my spirit. We are living in that time. We're living in that time, in that season, in that month. We're here living in this time that we're talking about. In the Holy Scriptures, have talked about it for thousands of years. We're living in that time. We're walking in it. And I read the newspaper and I, I read the headlines and I'm thinking, Oh, man, that looks bad. But, yeah, I know what the end result is. In the last days, he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And in the last days, uh, Jesus is going to come. We have to get ready. But in the meanwhile, let's understand this. He wants to pour his spirit out. 
And what we have to do is this. Day of Pentecost. Jesus says to them, to the 500, about 500 people there, Jesus says, I want you to go and tarry, wait in Jerusalem in the upper room to receive. I'm going to pray the Father. I'm, going to, I'm not going to walk with you. I'm going to be with you, but I'm not going to walk. You're not going to see me day and, that, day and night. But I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to send you another comfort, and he's going to live inside you. When he comes, he will lead us into all truth. He will tell us, no matter what society says is right, he'll tell us that it's wrong, if it's wrong. He will tell us what's right. I, I, we all got a story. I'm going to tell you one quick one. The last day we had, the last time we had the bad storm, is, I forgot what day it was. Uh, I was in Moody on a, Zax, on a Zaxby's project. The storm was closing down the interstate. The ice storm was coming. And Jan was in trustful, and we live up here. And I had to, I had to, I'm, I'm, I'm standing in the office, my little office trailer there, walking through, locking everything up. I'm trying to get everybody to get their stuff out and let's go. And, uh, and Holy Spirit speaks to me very strong. You see those three buckets right there laying by the gravel pile next to the shovel? Why don't you get about three buckets there and fill them full of those three gravel that's laying right there and put them in the back of your little truck so when you're going up the highway, if you get stuck, you can just shovel some gravel out and take off. I got to go. Jan's waiting. I took off. Took me three hours, about three hours to get from Moody to Trustful. It was like, plus I had to buy a clutch for the truck because I burned the clutch up, getting stuck on the interchange in between I-20 and 459 going towards Trustful. I got stuck there on the side of the road, and it, I knew I was in trouble. About the time I started sliding over, Holy Spirit said, see, I told you. See, when he comes, he don't just tell us spiritual things. He gives us wisdom. Yep. It's the spirit of wisdom. He comes over on us. He gives us the gift of wisdom to do what, know what to do or know what not to do. And that was just one, one time. It's very simple. I said, listen to the Lord. I had to pay a $1,200 clutch. <laughs> Plus, I stuck for three hours in a snowstorm because I didn't listen. When he comes, he, he tells us what to do and what not to do. When the Holy Spirit comes to a church, I've been to church a bunch of years. Now we're talking Pentecostal. Part of that time, I was pastor of the church. Some of them are growing, and uh, some of them were not. Sometimes some of them were just maintaining. And that's fine. But I've been to church a bunch of times when Holy Spirit didn't show up. I tell you, I'm not interested. I want to go when Holy Spirit comes. Amen. And my prayer now is for this. As it's been said, I heard a prophetic brother, I don't remember his name, but I know he's, he's, all of his words that I've heard are very accurate. 
He said that there's going to come a time when the Lord said His Holy Spirit is going to revisit the old landmarks and the old and redig some old wells that's been dug before but get dried up, and the Lord wants to redig them and re re reactivate. That's the right word. Reactivate those wells and reactivate those places of the old landmarks. We've I have not seen the movie yet, but I've heard of the movie and I watched the video clips of it of when when Lonnie Frisbee and those guys in California and the, and the outpouring that happened then. I've seen the outpouring that's happened in modern times. I've watched video and, and YouTube videos of the of the Toronto and the Brownsville and all the places where God was pouring his spirit out. And and, and sometimes we'll have a, a little piece of that, a little a little glimmer of that, a little a, just a little piece of that, a little, little touch from that. And I love that. I want that in our lives. Is we are all, all going to be shaken baked? Maybe not. It's okay. But I want to hear what the Lord said, and I think what the Lord is saying is this. In the last days that we're now living in, I am going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. I'm waiting. I just got a word. The uh, Something... Last time I spoke, I gave this, I gave this piece of word, and um, I said, I, I broke the power of words spoken over this fellowship. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember me saying that? I feel like the Lord says to do, to, for us to pray today. It's like a, uh, there's been people that come to this church that didn't want the gift. They didn't want an outpouring. They didn't want spiritual things to happen. They just wanted to go through the motions. I tell you, there's a lot of churches already got that. They already got that. I want to go where something's happening and where God's pouring out and God's using people to do those things. When the extraordinary becomes the normal is what God is saying. It's like a residual the word I, I keep hearing it's like a residual of past negative feelings a residual a leftover Something left in the atmosphere. And so we're going to do this now. I feel like this is the Lord. I'm going to stop what I'm doing right now. We're going to do this. I tell you, if you will, just hold your hands out like you're going to receive something. We're going to, I, I, I know this is weird. Sorry. No, no. I'm not sorry. Lord, I just ask right now that you would cleanse our hearts. Purify our hearts. Purify our minds. Our minds staying on you. And Lord, right now we just ask that you, <laughs> yes Lord, would rebuke the residual and drive out the residual of doubt, 
fear and unbelief in Jesus' name. We say, Lord, that no weapon that's been formed against this fellowship, against Pastor Jim and the leadership of this church, no weapon that's been formed against this church shall prosper. And every tongue that raises up against the vineyard, every tongue that lies in spirit that says it's dying, it's dead, now break that power in Jesus' name. Those words are broken off of this church in the name of the Lord. The Lord of mercy. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, we believe that. Oh, glory. You may have to sit down. Let's see what else I got here. Okay. I had one more page. I had a, I had a punchline I wanted to give. Okay, last week in the, when church was over, I spoke to a couple of folks and, uh, when church was over, and I asked them, and I just felt divinely inspired by the Lord to say this. I asked them through this week that they would fast with me about the... this about me. and they would spend some time in prayer hardest the hardest time I've had in trying to pray I fasted 20 days 21 days not this week I did this week's not 21 days however <laughs> it seems like it seemed like it was I didn't get to fast the whole time, but I did. I did some. Not so that you'll think I'm something. I'm saying that I want you to understand. I wouldn't ask anybody to do anything that I didn't do or hadn't already done. I would try to pray, and I told the people that I spoke to, it's just a couple of folks, I said, if you will, let's pray in the Spirit. That's a new term for some of us. If you don't know how to do that, we can help you with that. I get in my truck and I got, of course, I'm on a project and I, I'm, it's hard to do pray when you're on a project with a bunch of people all calling your name. But sometimes you steal away a minute because I go to my office and hide. And on my way home, I got about an hour and 15 minutes to get home been on the traffic in Frostville in, four, in uh, 459, 280. And so I pray when I can. And I would, every time I would pray in the Spirit, my phone would ring. Somebody just got to talk to me right now about something that's real important that's not important. But I would manage to make some time for that. Just the same. The Holy Scripture says that we would build up our holy faith when we pray in the Holy Ghost. 
That's an old term from Pentecostal days. A lot of the Pentecostals don't even do that. They don't practice that. But a lot of them are walking in zero power. <laughs> it's the anointing. Prayer and praying in the Spirit, praying in English and fasting brings anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It delivers, it destroys the yoke, one, one uh, Bible verse says. And yoke is something that holds you back. It keeps you. Yoke is, is like a burden. It keeps you down. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost and you not eat something, you say, Lord, I'm going to lay this. I don't want any more of this. I don't want any more of this yoke business. The only yoke I want is the one that you provide for me. For my yoke is easy, Jesus said, and my burden is light. That's the one I want. I like that one. That's more fun. There's an anointing that goes with that, and I want that. I want that more than anything. Not so I look important or, or, or spiritual or holier or anything like that. Because I'm just a guy. But I tell you what, God wants to do that and he wants to do that in all of us. Amen. Okay. My time is up. Okay, here's what I want to do. Today we may have, we may, may need, somebody may need prayer for something. We'll do that as well. And um, someone will pray with you. And, uh, but I want to pray over you a simple prayer before we go. And then if anybody needs prayer for something, you're welcome to do that. Okay? Father Lord, I just bless your holy name. I thank you, Lord, for the chance to speak here to this church. I hope I brought the word that you said, that you laid on my heart. I bless your holy name, O Lord. We give you glory and honor and praise for everything. Every word and everything that's done here today and in the future in the name of Jesus. We give you glory for everything that you did in the past. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do in the days ahead. We speak to that in Jesus' name. We, uh, we'll find ourselves in prayer, Lord, so we'll We'll put our knees, our head between our knees, and then we'll cry out, and we'll keep crying out until we see the cloud the size of a man's hand. We'll keep calling on you because the word, we fall in your word. Your word said it's going to rain. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because of the former rain and the latter rain, you said the latter rain is going to be out an outpouring more so than, than it was in the former days. And we thank you, Lord, for what's going to happen. We thank you, Lord, because in the last days you said you would pour out your spirit on all flesh. Lord, that, be, that qualifies us in that group. We're qualified. We're all flesh. All of us in this room are all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, oh Lord, they want to prophesy. They have the word in them. They want to declare your wonder, wonderful works and your words. They want to call that out. And we say that in the name of the Lord. I ask you, Lord, that you would break off every spirit of intimidation and fear and doubt and unbelief that's sent to destroy churches 
I bless that now that you would break those off from this fellowship forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we just bless your name. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done and what you're about to do. We thank you, Lord, for the revival that you're sending in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for the outpouring, the revival. We thank you, Lord, for that. We join with you in that word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory. Everybody okay? Was this too hard? <laughs>